So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support Wrestle Talk because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Russell Talk listeners, and hello to you, Oliver Davis. Mm. How the devil are you? A notable change well, in the wording. Because no future endeavours there. Well, yeah, I mean, we're still up in the air about whether we're going to continue on using the uh, the Swaft Nation terminology. I've had a couple of messages from people asking if we should drop it. Some people saying that, like, hey, I'm not saying that you should drop it, but maybe give it some consideration. I didn't even think about it until my friend texted me yesterday, mm. saying, like, what are you going to do about that? So yeah, it's it's on the it's on the discussion table. I think we're just gonna ignore it for a bit yeah yeah let's just let's just not say it for a while but I'll, I'll probably most likely forget that and say it tomorrow yeah <laughs> and uh, get a lot of heat so uh because we we gave you a bonus po- or is today the bonus podcast no yesterday would have been the bonus podcast you reckon yeah yeah so uh in today's show we're doing the smackdown review but first because we did raw yesterday we're kicking off with some discussion on the very sensitive enzo amore uh story enzo amore's story Sounds too jolly because mm. it rhymes uh, quite a little nicely. Bit, yeah. it rolls off the tongue. Uh, so we're just going to do some iTunes reviews right now because we don't have any anecdotes, and then we'll get into the show. So first up from T Dunk, 1994, one of the best wrestling podcasts out there. Bit strong. Not only are Luke and Ollie great hosts, they are extremely knowledgeable about the past and present of the business. These podcasts also have everything: predictions, fantasy booking, and episode reviews. If you're a quote hardcore unquote wrestling fan this is the show to listen to thanks t dunk 1994 is mm. nine years old or he loves that year well you did get clerks and pulp fiction yeah uh big I... launching year for miramax although now that's um <laughs> that's that, obviously that's not it's a... nothing <laughs> saved <good> anymore <laughs> uh and uncanny 13 writes angry ollie Writing another review so I don't get yelled at again. I must have yelled at them. I, I'm sure out of humour. Yeah, I mean, maybe this was uh, some time ago. Mm. Maybe Uncanny13 wrote a, a review but gave it four stars. I don't know. Well, but, anyway, thank you thank for writing a five-star review. Especially if it's a second one. Uh, so let's get on with the show. But first, seeing that so many of you have asked our opinions on it... Uh, we're going to talk a bit about the Enzo Amore firing from WWE. So this started on Monday, shortly before Raw 25, uh, where sexual assault allegations were made public. So the person making them, this woman called Philomena Sheahan, posted them on Twitter. 
But these apparently were made back in October of last year and a police report and investigation, not report, but a police investigation is currently ongoing. Uh, WWE suspended Enzo later that day once those allegations came to light. Although Brian Alvarez has since said they fired him on the spot. They didn't suspend it. They announced the suspension, but they actually fired him. Well, yeah, Wrestling Votes put up on Twitter mm. yesterday that what he had heard was that Vince McMahon essentially told him to get out, and that was it. Yeah, and uh, apparently for Raw 25, Enzo was meant to face Gold Dust. Mm. You read this, this was PW Insider's oh, right, okay. report. And the Dudley Boys were going to come down afterwards where the Zoe train was going to get involved and there's going to be a huge cruiserweight brawl. And then, yeah, the Dudley boys were going to come out and put someone through a table. And that was rewritten to the Heath Slater spot Yeah, by 7pm. So just an hour before the show went on air. Wow. Yeah. And I'll be honest, the Slater one makes more sense. Mm, yeah. His old role of putting over uh, legends. So that, that all happened, but then... As you probably definitely saw by, you know, not even 24 hours later, WWE announced they had released, they had fired Enzo Amore. Uh, and it wasn't like the typical wish you all your best in your future endeavours. Sorry, we had to let you go kind of thing. It was a very short statement. Come to terms on the release of Enzo. Now, this this is where it gets a bit murky because, you know, it's a sensitive subject matter. And with, there's been no like police charges or anything. It's just like you know, this person saying accusations and then this person denying them because Enzo's now put up uh, a message via his attorney. So, yeah, I don't really know how to... I, I, I don't have an opinion on it at the moment because there's not enough stuff out there. It's just these two sides. It's it's just awful all round. Like, if yeah. it's true, if the allegations are true, then that's that's disgusting and horrible. If, if it's not true as a... Uh, a former friend of the accuser has uploaded a YouTube video saying, um, and, you know, that's cost a man his job. And that's that's equally awful. Uh, so, yeah, what do you... I'm just... I'll, I mean, I'll hot tag that to I was going to say, yeah, it, this, this is difficult because you <clears> and I, our initial plan for today was, because we did the Raw 25 review yesterday, was just to come in here and do a SmackDown review. But then we kind of decided that hey, there's not really a lot to say about SmackDown anyway. Mm. Um, so let's talk about the, the Enzo situation. Well, it's also because so many as, people as, have asked. As, as, yeah, as so many people have asked us to do. And then, like, just before we kind of hit record, I said, I was like... I mean, what are we going to say? Mm. Because there's nothing that you really sort of can say on this situation other than what you have so eloquently put there. It's um, it's a really murky and and kind of awful situation for all parties. Um, you know, it's, it's particularly if you know if one side of it is the it's true and the other side of it is true. It's like it's just it's not a it's not a nice situation. Mm. <clears throat> excuse me for anyone to be in and it's very difficult for to, to share an opinion on something when you don't know all the facts your instant react my instant reaction is always to believe the accuser um uh, but you know perhaps it's uh, it's wrong of me to to do that it's wrong of me to to put my cards all out on that table I, and i don't want to put all my cards down on that table so yeah, it's a tough one. Mm. It's, 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 it's a tough one to broach, but it's... I mean, I, I, I said yesterday on, on Twitter that I wasn't going to talk about the uh, the end situation on, on social media. I, was, I, I inundated with, with messages from, from WrestleTalk viewers. Um, the awkwardly named Swaft Nation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do about that. Yeah, a few people uh, have asked about what we're going to do uh, with that. But I, I, as I said... We'll do a Hulk Hogan, I think. <laughs> we, we won't mention it for a few months and then... 
it'll come back and yeah. everyone will be happy and forget. Um, but like I said on Twitter that it's Enzo was suspended as, as uh, when I knew this. This was the information I knew at the time. He'd been suspended less than 24 hours later. He'd been fired. That should tell you something, if not everything, about this situation. And I, I think I read a couple of reports that from people that said that one report had said that Enzo knew that this was coming, mm. and because he'd hid it from the WWE office, that's what got him fired rather than anything actually yeah, any rather than him ad- admitting to it which is what my kind of initial reaction to the the, re- the f- released was yeah it's really tricky to to sort of put words in people's i know you didn't do that intentionally just yeah. then but the that report you're claiming is from uh sean ross sap over at fightful who in my opinion has done a remarkable job covering he all this really has and uh he he said you know what he's heard is Enzo didn't inform WWE. And then he sent uh, an immediate like follow-up tweet to that. I'm not saying he hid it. I'm not saying he didn't hide it. I'm yeah. just saying he WWE weren't aware. So, we, you know, we can't say that either. No, no, absolutely not. <clears throat> um, it's, uh, it's... So, I guess the other question... There are two questions here. The first question, really, that we can talk about based on all the stuff because we don't want to say I believe this person or I believe that person yeah. way too early but we can be like okay WWE that there was the suspension on Monday and then there was the firing on Tuesday one way of reading that is WWE uh, caught on to something that oh my god maybe there's something to these allegations we need to be preemptive here Yeah. but David Bixenspan has you know contacted the uh, Phoenix Police Department and they've said there's been no update since you know for a few weeks so nothing has changed in these 24 hours and a lot of sites are claiming that it is because enzo didn't wwe were caught unaware yeah with the trousers that they sort of seem to be blaming enzo for that uh because he likely knew about it because the police would have had to have contacted him about the the investigation uh so is a WWE firing him as a preemptive measure, or is this just the last straw for someone we know is very unpopular backstage? Uh, you know, there's the story last summer of him being kicked off the tour bus by Roman Reigns. Miz publicly dressed him down in a promo. Uh, Corey Graves was constantly burying him. Apparently, he is very unlikable backstage, and he doesn't even—he still doesn't dress in the same locker room as everyone else. So maybe this was just the straw that uh, broke the camel's back, where WWE were just like, "Now you've done this, so yeah, we're, we've we've had enough." And it's 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 not based on whether these allegations are true or not. It's Enzo's conduct backstage, and especially as well because if the the stories do turn out to be true, and you know that everything that the um, the accuser has said is is correct, it does kind of bring into question as well about um, WWE's drug policy mm. and sort of like you know and, and how Enzo has been able to uh, get away with his outside life without being found out by their mm. wellness violations. Yeah, that, that's that's a, I guess yeah that is another question that could be quite. Uh, um, just like nasty for the WWE to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the 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 second question, when I said it earlier, is if Enzo is proven innocent, and you know that you, you should always treat people innocent until always proven guilty. always cheer, yeah treating innocent to proven guilty. Uh, and you know a man's lost a job currently because of unproven allegations. That's it's a bit of a murky thing. Uh, is would w should WWE or would WWE take him back? If he is proven innocent, 
I mean, anything can happen mm. in WWE. You know, anything. It's, it's their their famous phrase. You know, there are certain people who thought that. Okay, so I'm reading a you know a couple of sort of wrestling forums and stuff, and a lot of people talking about this and reading stuff on social media, reading stuff in on YouTube comments and stuff. By the way, actually, I'd like to say thank you to all of our viewers. The majority of you who weren't horrible in your comments, uh, there's obviously a couple of ones that kind of seeped through, but everyone was mostly respectful uh, with their comments, especially on such a uh, sensitive subject. But kind of like a lot of the, the discussion points about whether or not WWE would bring back Enzo is that like well i mean they haven't brought back hulk hogan yet mm. you know and uh, that was from a couple of years ago and that was and that, you know he was guilty of what he had said and he, well, that was very public uh but there's always been that thing of like he could return at some point there's always this down the line whether he he might come back that would be a very open uh, probably very open to, to having him back behind the scenes not going to say that publicly but behind the scenes are probably quite open to having them back and as someone quite rightly said they have the warrior award mm you know the the warrior award that they give out every year at the hall of fame is meant to be this thing that's meant to be this big impassionate thing about like these are the the true warriors of the world the true brave soldiers you know and the brave souls that we have on planet earth that is based around a man who said some very very horrific things mm. in a very public setting and wv woke welcomed him back with uh well uh, with open arms not the fact that he left the WWE on quite horrific terms, you know, on the, yeah. in the, the two occasions that he did leave. So anything is possible, I suppose. But, you know, it's with the current climate that the world is in, you know, especially with, you know, Me Too and the mm. Weinstein allegations and, and all this sort of stuff, the way allegations, but the Weinstein scandal, I should say. Is, it's a, is it a different climate to, to welcome someone back who has been accused of this, even if proven innocent? Well, I think, yeah, it's... It he's always going to have, he's always gonna have that stigma around him, I suppose. But it comes down to, uh, are you going to do this as a PR exercise? I guess PR would say, keep away from him, even if he's proven innocent, as cynical as that is. But as, as the right thing to do, I think if a man is proven innocent, or anyone uh, is proven innocent mm -hmm. of something, uh, they the right thing to do would be to, to re-employ them. But, he, he's but, but, that's, but that's based on... That's based on if they fired him for this. Yes. If they fired him because they just had enough, this was like them not him not informing them. That's a, that's a different thing and they're just sick of his behavior. The right probably the right thing to do is is to keep him away because he's not an ideal employee. Separate to all the allegations and accusations. He's not an ideal employee by a long shot it seems. He's disliked backstage and you, you run that risk of okay, you bring him back, maybe he then is like I've got a second chance. I'm going to really reform my behavior, or he might think he's invincible and I got away with this and I was persecuted unfairly. And then you know he becomes even worse backstage. But there's there's a parallel to, and it's particularly probably uh, problematic for the cruiserweight division it seems at the moment. And that's Rich Swan, who just three weeks prior was properly charged uh, for for. Uh, a, a domestic violence uh, oh, I can't remember what it was assault and battery yeah. something with his wife uh, kidnapping was it kidnapping battery false imprisonment false because imprisonment. he had her in yes, the car yes that's right yeah uh, <clears throat> so you know and, and he still hasn't been released he is he is suspended while the investigation's going on mm -hmm. so yeah um, yeah, it's a tricky one. rough old time for the uh, the cruiserweights. You're looking outside of the, you know, mm. looking very much within the WWE bubble. Um, rough old time for the cruiserweights. You've had Neville uh, walk out. You've had Austin Aries quit. Yeah. Then you had all released. All released. Um, and then you had uh, Rich Swan and now Enzo. It's a uh, 
Yeah, it's not a, not a great time for, for the purple brand. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the exclusive Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review classic pay per views from the past. This month, Patreon backers will get our review of Wrestle Kingdom 10, which featured an all time classic between Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. And if you help us reach our next Patreon goal, we'll be able to live stream episodes of Wrestle Ramble on YouTube, as well as new perks like NXT and Ring of Honor reviews. So head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's a SmackDown review, Maggle. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. Woo! <laughs> okay, we, we we got through that. Oh, okay, that I was think the, they, yeah. we did that okay. I think didn't so. Didn't put our foot in it. We're, yeah. we're deeply uh, apologetic. I, I think that the reaction to that might be better than me saying the revival weren't buried. Let's not <laughs> run into this again. Uh, we kicked off SmackDown, which was the 18th and up. Third anniversary show. Oh, I see what you were doing. Yeah, right, I should have. I should have. I'd made a note. Find out the episode number of this for anniversary. Day. <laughs> uh, but I, I was too lazy to do that. Okay. So I just did some mental maths, which is probably completely wrong anyway. Yeah. Well, well, opened, you know, good. Good job. Thanks. It opened with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming down to the ring, and they were like, "It's time to look at the future of WWE." Not all that nostalgia stuff on Raw 25 last night. They did their Yep stuff. They said they're going to take AJ's title. And not only that, this is what I liked about it, because I like physical violence in wrestling. Uh, it's the point. They said they're going to, they're not just going to take his title, they're going to hurt him. Mm-hmm. So it makes it more of a blood feud. I, I like that bit that of the promo. Played into the main event mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. really really nicely. Justified AJ's uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it'd just be a bit of a, a douche. So Styles then comes out and runs them both down. And did you get, for a moment, it looked like AJ forgot his lines? Someone forgot their lines. I thought it was Kevin that forgot his lines because it it felt like it was, Kevin was meant to say something and AJ was going to Mm. say something to prompt him into his lines. But yeah, there was kind of this awkward pause for a little bit. Um, Awkward pause. (laughs) Very good. Very much a visual gag. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, I'm doing... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to use a Luke catchphrase, I'm doing hand pause on Luke's shoulder for podcast listeners. Nice. Good work. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so there was a bit of an awkward pause, but AJ is... And what I really liked about this is that it's that nice bit of continuity that I quite like on SmackDown sometimes, where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn said, like, hey, the only reason you're in this match is because you, out of frustration, said to make the match. Mm. And now here you are in the situation, but, like... I think you might have said that you would fight both of us on the same night. Oh, if only there was something we could look at to see if that were true. 
footage. Yeah, they really got over the footage thing to me. That felt like they're... I mean, they're very good together, but Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho would have done that better, you know, with the whole footage. I just It gave me a flashback to that really, really good moment where Owens and Jericho were blaming each other for the Survivor Series loss. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I'm going to... Okay, we're saying on three, who's really to blame? And everyone's like, oh, no, this is the breakup. Three, two, one. one. Roman Reigns. Reigns. <laughs> oh, they hug. <laughs> yeah, this was really good. Um, and it's funny as well, because AJ tried to get Cammy uh, over still. Why? Didn't quite work. However, he said nope once, and that got over. Nope. 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 Nope worked. So um, It's the happiest of the news. I can't remember which stand-up said that, but that's one of his bits. I like that. That's good. Nope. <laughs> so, the happiest way of saying no. So AJ did, in his in- sit-down interview with uh, Renee Young, said, I'd, be, I'd quite happily fight them both in matches, mm. in several matches on the same night. And they were like, well, if you've said that, you're a man of your words, you're going to back that up now? And that brought out Daniel Bryan, who seemingly was going to make the, uh, the match. And AJ was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to have you speak for me because I think you're in bed with these two anyway. I'll accept the match. But apparently, according to Daniel Bryan, when he went backstage to talk to Shane, he wasn't going to make the match. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. According to Bryan. According so there's to, still, you know, that was... bloody heel Daniel. That was a nice way to keep it spinning. But he really did look like he was going to make it because he had Bryan had a smirk on his face yep. and he was like looking at uh, Cammy to use that phrase. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. And someone pointed out on reddit i can't remember who but it was a really nice interpretation of aj's character where whether he's a heel or he's a face he's still he's he's quite quick to get angry and rash like you remember even when he was a heel the whole james ellsworth stuff really got under his skin because he's all about no i'm phenomenal i'm the best in the world this is the house aj styles built but even as a baby face he's making very bad rash decisions based on anger against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn here. I th- I, d- I never thought about that, but that yeah. was really interesting. It's amazing as well, because this first segment, all in all, went about 15 minutes. Mm. And on a two-hour show... Yeah, on a two-hour show, that's quite a large chunk. But it never felt like it was 15 minutes. And actually, the rest of the show then flew by as well. It never. Mm. I've I really thought that this episode of SmackDown never dragged in places. Uh, or never dragged at all, I should say. So like you said, afterwards, brain... Br- brain. Brian and Shane. <laughs> brain... <laughs> had a sort of tense... Gee, Brian, what are we going to do tonight? Exchange. We're going to take over the world. <laughs> uh, had a, a tense exchange backstage, and Brian was like, well, no, it, I didn't make the match. AJ did. Well, wait a second, Shane. Are you doubting AJ's ability? <laughs> and it was just like, uh, obviously he's, he's not, but it was... Yeah. I like that. But it was a nice retort from Shane, <laughs> where it's like, it's not AJ's decision-making mm. uh, skills I'm questioning. And I liked that. I yeah. really like that because it's it's yeah. furthering that tension between uh, age uh, between Brian and Shane between Brain, and particularly because we didn't get any of it last week, because last week was focused one hundred percent on the U.S. Uh, Championship Open Tournament. So it was nice to be able to get like that fifteen minute uh, promo kind of recapped the feud, mm. it furthered the feud, and still built up this tension between Brian and Shane. I thought it was a really a really successful opening segment. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because I what I did feel like for eight weeks we'd had the same stuff over and over again, and it was it was too slow in its incremental building of the feud. But because, like you said, we had a week off from this last week, I was actually quite interested to see what they were going to do here, and. It didn't have Daniel Bryan come out 
and Shane come out. Yeah. It was the Brian and Shane's involvement was actually very limited. And it, and even in the main events, their involvement was was limited yeah, outside yeah. of um, Shane's initial announcements, mm. which, I, which I also really liked. And that's a really excellent point. I hadn't actually considered that, but because we had a week off from it. Thank you. You're welcome. Because but we had you a, actually made the point in the first place. Well, that we had a week off from it. Yeah, no, but I didn't really that equate that. That is an excellent point. Well, I didn't well, really... Now you bring it up, Ollie. No, I am a genius. No, I, I actually was making the point that because like we didn't see any of it last oh, week, so okay. it was good that we had this kind of recap thing. I wasn't looking at it from like we had a week off from it. Mm. Thank God, but now it's back. We can enjoy it again. I, but I like that point. But there was uh, something significantly lacking here, which was no pure country, pure heart poster backstage. Yeah, Brian's whatever office whatever you call those that little, area those areas that they hang out in the screen place what is what is the kayfabe context well, they, to that room they call it an office but you couldn't do any work in there like there's no desk there's no like you it's you, like a locker room where you Kurt Angle just looks at his phone all the time yeah well that's what they do you go in there to make phone calls I guess mm. it's not like an NXT where William Regal has an office he has yeah. a desk and he has like stuff onto that desk I wish they did oh yeah like the old commissioner yeah, days under the under the, in the, yeah. like, the janitor's closet where, wherever you could find a place to set up a desk and then you had Regal when <laughs> he was GM and it was this very big grand he had a lovely big mm. desk and everywhere that he got shipped around all over the country that, yeah. that's more what we want really well yeah because it falls down when you're like oh this isn't in the same place every week but I don't care like that you, you spatial um so getting a sense of space is so important in world building like if you if you know this is where the office is if you know this is where the locker rooms are the catering when you do those backstage bits where Braun Strowman goes on a rampage it it makes uh it, it gives everything a more coherent feel but at the moment they're just I can't remember the philosopher who said it, but they're called non-spaces. Mm. There's like an airport. It's nondescript. It could be anywhere. and It doesn't have any identity. But, uh... So what you're after is um, SmackDown 3 for the PS2. Yes! Where like, you, you, spend, you run, spend most of the game just running around in a first-person perspective. Of course I am. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the, uh, the WrestleTalk audience don't realise, though, is that we're never in the same location when we record this. We just move this set around <laughs> all over the country. At enormous expense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but to no live audience either, <laughs> exactly. or a very quiet live audience, we <laughs> pop at nothing. So next up we had a, uh, <laughs> given the time that the TV time they had, yeah, uh, a pretty, I don't think they could have done anything more with the time they had, Chad Gable beating Jey Uso. Really enjoyed this. Good mm. fun. Actually, I would say that across the board, with the exception of the women's match, good fun wrestling across the board on yeah. this show. And um, this, I, I really liked how... Chad Gable essentially out wrestled uh, Jay at the start because that's his wrestling style. Mm. But then when Jay took over, it was all about dives and it was all about this and it was all about that. And then in the end, Chad Gable hit a wonderful rolling kick and then a fan. German. No, he hit the rolling kick. Oh, and then, oh sorry, sorry. Yes. And then hit a wonderful. Like, I love the Chaos Theory yeah. suplex, but he's just mwah, just crisp. When bridge, he does bridge it. with the pin as well. Yeah, and that's how he won. It was that was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I wouldn't do it as your big go home angle for the match at the Royal Rumble. No, um, no, I suppose it's like, not. Yeah, it's. I mean, and that's my criticism of this episode. It's it was a solid SmackDown episode, but did it make me excited to see the Royal Rumble outside Randy Orton? Which is saying something. Well, actually, no, I, didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Because I, I, 
people who have probably seen my SmackDown review because mm. it'll have gone I up. Haven't yet. You haven't yet. But um, I this made me uh, look forward to their match this uh, this Sunday mainly because I think it'll be a really fun match. But I I thought that anyway because they you know they're going to have a good match when they finally get time and it's not going to be unless it's on the pre-show. No, I think the uh, Raw ones on the pre-show. Oh, good. At least I think that's what they said. I might have phased that in. Because they still do adverts on the pre-show, which is stupid. Because <laughs> it's just WWE adverts. Uh, next up, we had Baron Corbin versus Nakamura. No, no, and Shinsuke Nakamura doing a backstage interview. And Nakamura yeah. kind of outla- uh, laid out his Royal Rumble strategy, which is, I'm going to give a knee to the face to this guy. CM Punk uh, return confirmed. Yep, a knee to the face to that guy. And then this guy, and then this guy. I think he's uh, that's pretty pretty good strategy. I think that's a pretty solid strategy. Although you'll have that one commentator. It's usually JBL. Unfortunately, he's not with us uh, anymore. Whereas it sounds like he's whereas dead. Alec is dead. But um, where he would be like, you don't hit big moves in Royal Rumbles because then you can't like then you got to pick them up and throw mm. them out. Actually, hitting a finisher in a Royal Rumble is an idiotic tactic. As Unless some it's say. one where they spring back over. <laughs> right. Like uh, the revival did. Like you hit the X Factor and then just get back up and like, yeah. whoa, bounce back. FA Mouse, whoa! You got to bump and feed. Come on, <laughs> keep it going. Uh, so, Baron Corbin, I actually thought delivered a promo and retort to Shinsuke with uh, fire and passion. Yeah, I thought this was a nice little interview segment. Mm. And this set up a match between them later on. Next up, we had Ty Dillinger saying he's entering the Royal Rumble. I wonder which position he's going to come in at. I hope he comes in at number nine. Yeah, that or eleven. Would, yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> so good. And then just coming out, just like looking at ten and being like, huh? Yeah, that'd be yeah, that's, that'd a, that's be a perfect good. way to troll the audience. Uh, and or Roman Reigns, <laughs> number 10. even better. Yeah. Oh, I hope they do. Oh, I hope they do that. That'd be so great. So Ty, I, I like this. This was so much better than all the mobile phone promos they did last week it still wasn't amazing but you know he was he held the phone there and he was talking into it and when he went to do the 10 he realized he could only do it with one hand because he was already holding the phone yeah i like that's good stuff next up we had the women's segment yes the women's segment as usual Mm -hmm. because they all uh, are crammed into one bit yep naomi took on liv morgan the undefeated streak comes to an end liv morgan Ah. pinned on smackdown live so this was the camera was not interested in the riot squad. Like, because for, for the first couple of minutes, I thought, is Liv Morgan out there by herself? She didn't, like, did she get an entrance? Or, it was it was in the, uh, in the break. break, yeah. Uh, and it was only the camera, like, didn't show uh, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot at ringside. You'd only see them from the, the main shots in the background. So I thought that was a bit of a. I mean, th- there was a lot more stuff to show here, but it just. Yeah. It just, it's another. Sign that WWE have completely lost interest in. Oh, in the right, yeah. They 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 don't care about the right squad whatsoever. But um, I mean, this wasn't really a match. This was more just a setup to do the Royal Rumble angle that came afterwards, which was like Naomi just get a pin, hit a sunset flip, and won. It was devastating. A a devastating sunset flip. It was very very quick and nothing really to the match. Uh, but then sort of everyone sort of got involved and they did spots where they all threw each other over the uh, top ropes. Bit sloppy in places. It almost felt like they hadn't talked about what they were going to do. So some people Mm. went for others and then realized they were meant to go for someone else. Bit sloppy. But um, I did like the the final moment of it, which is when Becky grabbed her ally Naomi and went to throw her over. But Naomi grabs hold. Yeah. And I, I really like this as well because I was ready to do my Control C Control V gag because they did that on Raw. 
but they changed it up and they did it as a different way and i think that really like opens up the landscape for the smackdown women who mm. might be winning uh, this royal rumble i think it really does put becky in a strong position i think she'll easily be part of the final four and and she's a fan favorite yeah they're riffing on that okay i, I mean this was to be honest i wasn't into this segment at all but no. at least it was different uh speaking of sloppy have the, I saw a clip. I haven't watched the full match yet uh, from Mixed Match Challenge. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, so it's sort of mid. It seems midway through the match. Asuka and Carmella are in the ring. The referee or someone. It's because uh, the referee's lips aren't moving, but you can hear it on a mic. Asuka's going over. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It might be the ref telling Miz. Surely you would know that before going in, though, right? Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. Um, or maybe, I don't know how they clue people in. Uh, so after this, Charlotte Flair comes out, the champion, and says, Good luck to the winner, whoever it's going to be here. Uh, sorry, no, good luck to all of you, but better luck to the winner because then you'll have to face me at WrestleMania. Yep. Ronda bit, Rousey. Bit heelish, I thought. I think it's it's Charlotte being a Flair. Yeah. I, she's so much better as a heel. I just wish so I much committed better, yeah. to that. Uh, speaking of rumbles, we've got a bit of a treat from you. You might have you might have seen that we are sort of showcasing NGW New Generation Wrestling, which is a British promotion uh, on our channel. They're not we're not hosting the videos, but it's like the one of the top videos always on the main page. If you haven't seen them. And the uh, the episode that goes up on Saturday, so set a reminder, is the Destiny Rumble, which is which is a twenty man over the top battle royal, and uh, it's it's a stonker. It's really really good. Like I've all been... the, they're they, only twenty two to twenty five minute episodes, and it just goes so quick. It's it's got like that format of wrestling down perfect. Yeah, well, we watched an absolute corking episode um, the other week, yeah, which I yeah. absolutely love with uh, uh, Robbie X, who I'm a big fan of. And don't worry if you are like, oh, I'm jumping in, I don't know any of the stories, because most of the brilliance of the show is just that it, it can juggle so many plates and everything feels equally important. So, yes, that's going up on Saturday, but we will keep plugging it for you, don't worry. Next up, we had easily my favourite segment of the show... Uh, which was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin shockingly having a good match. Yeah, like, because based on, ground, I was going to say, yeah. based on previous track record, these two can like it was a, a kind of a running joke that Baron Corbin managed to have Shinsuke Nakamura's mm. worst match ever. But <laughs> these two actually had a, a pretty good little match here. I, I thought it was a really fun TV match. I really liked the reversal game. I felt like both men were always kind of on yeah. top. It wasn't like, I'm going to get the heat on Nakamura, which I find quite boring these days. Yeah. Uh, unless I'm really invested in the babyface or the story. Uh, but yeah, like, the Nakamura gets thrown into the ring post. There was a Kinshasa into a deep six reversal yep. that I really liked. And then, end of days, Nakamura armbar. Oh, it was so mm. great. It was wonderful. And Nakamura as well. I mean, this was a great crowd. It was a great crowd all night long. But Nakamura, when he was doing his interview, got a, like a superstar reaction. And here he got a superstar reaction as well, which I think really helps uh, Nakamura. This was uh, brilliant. But the, the best was yet to come. Yeah. Because Nakamura is setting himself up for a Kinshasa. I was eating Weetabix when I had this, and I nearly dropped the bowl. Because all of a sudden, he goes running out of nowhere. Literally out of nowhere, Randy Orton hits an RKO. And it was... The crowd didn't see him. The camera didn't see him slide in. It literally came out of nowhere. It was tremendous. Really good. Yeah, because sometimes you get like the crowd. But maybe the crowd did see him. But it was 
what we didn't see it as view hear it as viewers because they it sounded like they were cheering the Kinshasa, but it played perfectly yeah. on TV. You couldn't have done this better. Or is perhaps it's like the um the Sammy heel turn where mm. everyone was so focused on oh, Shane yeah, yeah, jumping that off well. that you didn't see yeah that you didn't see um Sammy hiding around the cage ready to to pull Kevin on off. Speaking of which, I listened to that uh, Jericho podcast with Kevin and Sammy and them talking about that spot. It's oh, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely terrifying. Like, it's, it's terrifying to listen to because you like you're seeing it from Sammy Zayn's perspective, whereas like there are three lives at stake here. Mm. There's Shane McMahon's life because if I mess this up, Shane's going to get hurt. There's Kevin's life because if I don't pull him up, he's going to have a man fall on top of him. And then there's my life because if I mess this up, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really good. Definitely recommend that talk. It's Jericho episode. Uh, but yeah, I, I this this was this was awesome. This was genuinely genuinely brilliant. And I like it, not just because it was a great spot and a really cool angle to build into the Royal Rumble. I like it now when baby faces are just badasses. And, you know, Randy Orton didn't just take out Baron Corbin. He took out Nakamura too. He ruined a match, effectively, that was really good. But the way in which it was done... Everyone came off as as really good. I, yeah, loved it. Loved I, it. I thought this was a really good segment, and it might now be my favorite RKO of all time. Get yeah. out of here, WrestleMania 31 RKO, which was my favorite RKO of the of the curb stomp. Yeah. What about Evan Bourne shooting Star Press into RKO? Oh, that was pretty good as well. But I'd like I, a fair few. It, there has been a fair few, but that WrestleMania 31 off the curb stomp was like that's the sweetest RKO of all time. Mm. But this one, just for catching me completely unaware. Is now like my new favorite RKO. Yeah, the Brock Lesnar one uh, in the was it SummerSlam 2016? Build? Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, it was just in the early days of the brand split. That was good as well. Yeah. There's loads of them. Uh, so next up, we had a Raw 25 video package to relive <laughs> the. Well, it seemed more enjoyable than it was. That is video. Package. That is WWE's great skill mm. is they can edit video packages to make things. You know, look at how the way they edited Survivor Series last year's Survivor Series. They made it look like. Kevin and Sammy cost Smackdown the match like a coherent story like, like it all made sense if you watched that video package and you hadn't seen Survivor Series you'd go like oh yeah I could totally get that that is exactly what mm. happened imagine like I guess it's WWE's video packages are a way of brainwashing and conditioning the audience and rewriting history imagine if the editors didn't have to sort of make sense if like the story made sense already yeah that'd be even better I guess but uh, my, my one thing was they just couldn't help themselves. I did feel like DX took up an unfair amount of time again, and they had a little shot of the tank invasion, <laughs> didn't they? It's just like, why? <laughs> Drop it. Uh, okay, but it so, was the key to the Monday Night War. Uh, it's, I'd like, it started the war, and it won the war. So I don't know anything about women's wrestling, you know, pre-90s, really. But I imagine people who do... When they hear, oh, Mae Young, May Young's the best female wrestler of all time, because that's what WWE keep telling us all. They're like, you're an idiot. I'm, I'm going to be that guy in 15 years' time when kids who've grown up in either the noughties or the teens are saying, man, that did you did you live through the tank period? <laughs> <laughs> I lived, ah, mankind, Austin. No, mate, they're not on the front covers of the DVDs. So next up, we had. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Big E, of course, was sitting out because he had a mixed match challenge match later in the night. And Bobby Roode taking on Jinder Mahal and Rusev Day. Another fun little TV match here. It was um, I particularly enjoyed the New Day miming uh, mm -hmm. Bobby Roode's entrance. And I thought, actually, they it's 
the first time I think Bobby Roode's been really good as a babyface when he was cutting his promo about like what better place to debut yeah. the United States Championship than in you know the nation's capital I thought he was actually really effective in his babyface role and I liked his stuff with the New Day where it's like it's going to be absolutely delightful delicious and then whatever Woods said you know I thought it was a nice little banter yeah. back and forth between them and then the match was just here is two minutes worth of perfectly fine wrestling babyfaces win everyone feels good mm. It was that uh, they didn't usually do this. The match started in the commercial break. Usually they kick off the match and then they have the break. I was kind of hoping like, oh, are they going to sort of do a promo? And I can watch the promo in the little shrinking ad screen. But no, they just started the match. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit over having short matches in commercial breaks, though. Especially with the, the, the Gable-Uso match from earlier. Uh, but the New Day throwing pancakes at the commentary table afterwards while funny. they were doing a network plug. Yeah. Corey Graves. <laughs> he's either really good at pretending to be annoyed or oh, he's annoyed. I, I was going to say, I think you could almost see him trying to stifle a laugh because yeah. like a pancake more or less hit him. Yeah. And it was just like, and it was almost this on his face like, they're, gonna tr- they're trying to make me laugh on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, oh, people having fun. Can't put have put a stop to that, mate. Might get over. Okay, or let's just move that to the WWE Network. <laughs> Hi, Fashion Files, how are you doing? It's going to be the new thing. Hi, Kelt Cavana, how are you doing? Uh, then we had the main event of AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens and then AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. Mm. Yeah, so Shane McMahon came out like as they were doing the introduction to Kevin Owens. It was like a Shane McMahon came out and was like, hey, hey, hey now they were going to have these matches but Sami Zayn you're barred from ringside and Kevin Owens if you try and interfere in the in the second match or if any of you try to interfere in the matches not only will you lose your Royal Rumble match you'll both be fired from Smackdown mm. Live they're you know lovely stuff fine yeah and uh, uh, the the actual match was structured quite well as actually as Shane was saying that uh, Owens was saying off mic Brian said it was okay Brian said it was okay which was I thought that was a nice wrinkle and uh, so in the actual match Owens injured his leg, but it's like not real life injured, but yeah. kayfabe injured. So he wasn't playing possum mm. uh, off a cannonball. Into yeah, the cannonball. And, you know, he sold that quite well. I always get because it's like the injury month at the moment. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I was a bit like, <gasps> even when he was lying on the outside, he had like his head over, like his hands over his head and stuff. And I was like, that's the reaction of someone who's realized that they've just injured themselves before a pay-per-view. Yeah. But I mean, as soon as it, so as soon as that leg injury happened, uh, in air quotes again, uh, AJ Styles put him right in the calf cr- calf crusher. At which point I knew, no, that's this, this, yeah. there's a spot. It's a, yeah, calm yeah. down, Ollie. And uh, KO tapped immediately, which I like it when that happens. I've always thought if you're in a match, a title match before a pay per view, just don't don't risk anything. Yeah. So I I thought that was that was cool. Exactly. And actually, there were they made the point as well when it was then Sami Zayn versus AJ, because Sami then attacked AJ and beat him down, yeah. beat him all round ringside. Well, AJ wouldn't let go. Yeah, well, he yeah. was, you know, trying to injure uh, Kevin Owens, which was good. But there was a really great line from, I, I can't remember which one it was now, but it said like, hey, look, the title's not on the line. I wouldn't like to say that AJ's a coward for just taking a, a count-out loss here or mm. just taking a loss and preserve himself for his championship match on Sunday. There was actually some really good commentary from all three of them tonight. But he's too prideful. 
He's too pride. Yeah, he's too, too full of pride. Because then, uh, so Kevin Owens was on the outside like the entire time being mm. seen to you by doctors, which very much kind of distracted the crowd a little bit. But once AJ then started making a comeback, the crowd just popped again for, for AJ in the ring. Which I, I, I really enjoyed. And I thought these two had some really solid fourth back and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, they've obviously got great chemistry, which, you know, it's, but some, they, they mentioned this on the Talk is Jericho podcast. Jericho out and out says it. Like, you know, sometimes guys just don't click. And that seems to be Owens and Styles yeah. in WWE. It just their United States title feud last year was so underwhelming, in ring as well as storyline. Which is, you know, you would have thought the in ring side would would have delivered. Yeah, but Zayn and Styles, oh. this delivered, mate. This delivered. That uh, walking up the ropes into the tornado DDT, ah, oh, like the old Eddie Guerrero stuff. Loved yeah. all that, mate. That was fantastic. And uh, people are going crazy for the finish because. Technically, Sami Zayn beat AJ with a blue thunderbomb. Yeah. Although it was his finisher, the Haluva kick, into a blue thunderbomb. But as a new, like, I would love that as like a finishing sequence, um, as a, you know, the kick into the blue mm. thunderbomb. I think that'd be really nice. I think it's because, well, I guess they could have done it earlier in the match. No one takes a blue thunderbomb like AJ Styles. Yeah. Just it, it feels like he keeps spinning like a you know someone doing uh, a basketball on their finger. And then comes down. It's like the end of Inception. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or that meme. That meme I showed you yesterday <laughs> yes. where AJ jumps. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought this was really good action. And the, But the key to the story, though, mm. was AJ trying to hurt Kevin Owens on the outside. He kept yeah. Every time that he would like get the advantage on Sammy, but then get distracted by Owens sat there at ringside, so he'd go down and like kick him in the leg again, or he'd push him over while he was on the stretcher. And every time he lost focus, Sammy took over, or at the end of the match, won. Yeah. And I thought it, it told a really nice story. A, because it's AJ as he tied into his promo at the start, where he said he's going to hurt them tonight. But it also builds up the handicap match because essentially what that that match that they just booked there says even if AJ injures one of them on the outside he's still got the other guy to deal with the mm. ring and that guy might still win I think there's a really really nice storytelling in a match and and it gives them an out if Cammy lose you know Owens has got the leg injury yeah uh, AJ injured my leg before we went in it's you know it's a nice heel reason to get out the the one criticism oh here have... we go oh, no, cyn- cyn- <laughs> cynical Ollie here again oh. well, it's, it's, it's almost there's a compliment in here somewhere as well Sammy is so good at being a babyface, and he was so good as a babyface for for so long. I don't think he sold the concern when he was concerned about Owens on the outside. I felt sympathy for Sammy and Owens mm. more than, and I felt like AJ's a dastardly heel. But you know, you can do that where. I still don't like the heels, even though they're showing human emotions. Yeah. I just said, uh, you know, Sammy said in that Talk is Jericho podcast, he, he is, you know, finding it quite hard to adapt mm-hmm. to being a heel because he's, even in the Indies, hardly ever, ever played it outside of a few well, exhibition spots. I was going to say, he said in that interview that he's always been babyface. It's like in his very early days, he might have done a couple of heel things, mm. but like ever since, he's only ever been babyface. Yeah. So in this must be, you know, now he's essentially, he's almost learning from scratch. You know, it's learning on the job to to how to be an effective heel. Yeah, it's, it's, and he's just got you know, he's just got a cheery face. <laughs> so I, I I my I immediately reroute to get behind Sammy. My favorite thing as well because I was thinking about this because it was mm. on they were talking about it on Talking Simpsons uh, on a, another great podcast about this particular scene. Do you ever see when they Sammy first turned heel and the way that he kind of dances down to the ring and stuff and they they. they 
everyone was starting to use that that gif from the simpsons where it's martin um sorry nelson uh is just walking as kevin owens while martin prince dances mm. around him he's like oh yeah like i'm i'm the martin in this scenario and he said that to a friend of friends like you never want to be the martin prince of your tag team yeah uh very good well that was uh that was smackdown i've i've already said my piece i uh I I thought it was a solid episode, but you know this is also a go home show for the Royal Rumble, and it certainly progressed storylines. But there was no cliffhanger, there was no hot go home angle, and that's what I, I really looked for. Well, I, I I disagree. I thought that the actual main event stuff really built into the uh, the match we've got this but coming like, Sunday. But not like you know, back in the day, this is the Royal Rumble. It's not like a B pay per view. Uh, it's arguably your second biggest of the year, and Back in the day, I I would be just full of anticipation and barely able to think about anything else after watching SmackDown on a Saturday, uh, or you know, or watching a clip of Raw. I, I but this there's nowhere near the level of excitement. You're getting cynical in your old age. And I think well, WWE I, has definitely gotten lackluster. I th- we I mean I, that how much I I could agree with, but I actually think this was a very like every segment on this show was designed to build towards the Royal Rumble. Like there was no, there wasn't a throwaway segment on this show. But that's what you should do but, but two, like, three weeks ago. Well, yeah, all right, but like compare that to Raw. Mm-hmm. Like, was there a segment on Raw that was? Did every segment on Raw build towards the Royal Rumble? No, but no. I didn't like that. So that, that was a very bad go home show. We've reviewed go home shows in the past where we have said like it was a dreadful go home show because it didn't it didn't build into the pay per view. I felt that every segment on this show mm. was building into the pay-per-view, particularly for the WWE Championship match, particularly for the Royal Rumble itself. Tag Team Championships, they could have possibly done something else, but still, I'm excited to see that match. And the Women's Royal Rumble as well. I thought the Women's Royal Rumble segment was much more effective than the one they did on Raw. So I, I disagree, actually. I actually think this... Well, I, know, I was going to say, I really like the that. Yeah. The Asuka one. Yeah, but I, I actually think this was a very solid go-home show. So what did you give it? Uh, smacktastic. You gave it Smacktastic. I'll give it Smack Bang in the middle. Yeah, it's just because my expectations for a Royal Rumble go home show are, are higher, and you're so cynical, and because I'm a cynical asshole. Did I, did I tell you that I got a message from someone yesterday after last week of people saying that I'm far too critical on WWE? I'm now a stooge. I'm now, yeah, I'm yeah, now yeah, a, you're a, too forgiving. I'm too forgiving on it now. Can't, can't, can't win, can't win mate. Just in real, there's a key thing to this uh, WrestleMania because we've done it in two different days, where we did Raw yesterday and we did SmackDown today. We didn't actually do like a which show won. Mm. I mean, I think it's patently obvious from our thoughts on each of the shows. But yeah. uh, do you want to see which you, uh, show you thought was better this week? I, I don't. Oh, it's difficult because, I mean, maybe it's not as obvious as I thought. Then. The. I mean, you gave one of them poor, and you gave one of them smack bang in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Bisa V. Mm, yeah, it's not always that easy though, <laughs> because Raw's a three-hour show, so it is. Let's get a bit more leeway because they've got to fill more time. It's just that opening segment of Raw was easily the best thing WWE have done all month in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess it would have to be SmackDown overall. Yeah, well, I'm saying SmackDown mm. as well. So that 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 is who who won this week. Uh, in case anyone's interested. Well, I hear on 205 Live. There was a bit of a corker. Maybe we should watch that afterwards. Yeah, we've also got to watch Mixed Match Challenge as yeah. well and Ring of Honor. Uh, there was, uh, what was it? It was Cedric Gal- Rally versus Cedric, Cedric Alexander. Because they're going to be announcing the uh, the Raw, uh, the 205 Live GM for mm. next week. So, I mean, do you want to put down any predictions of who you think it might be? I, I would go Shane Helms. He works backstage. Hurricane Helms. Is he really? Yeah, a bit or maybe not. 
maybe he doesn't. Maybe I've got him reality confused with my fantasy booking. <laughs> maybe. He was definitely working backstage in TNA. He was at yeah. TNA, yeah. Uh, or Impact, for God's sake, Holly. He hasn't been TNA for years. <laughs> Impact on pop. When is it Impact? Oh. <laughs> what about you? Uh, Spud. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder if that's going to be his de- his big debut, his 205 Live debut. Uh, I didn't Comes even out think about the that. The big, wacky, dumb and dumber suits that he has. Um, and just assert himself straight into like an authority role, but an authority role that can still wrestle. Wow. Yeah, and such a good talker. I mean, if you lose Enzo, you know, it's what a, a, a great replacement. And you need, because that's something that 205 Live's going to need now you haven't got Enzo, is a top heel. Mm. And it would be very interesting as well if your GM is also your top heel. It's never been done before. No, I think that'd be really interesting. Uh, it might make 205 Live worth watching. Uh, so, we've got some reviews here from Joe X Nun. Such a great podcast. I work as a teacher's assistant in a preschool, and work can be really draining with having to take care of my kids each day. But Luke and Ollie make my morning and afternoon commutes, the long ones in LA traffic, he lives in so LA. much more bearable. So cool. The crap gimmicks make me laugh all the time, and their banter always keeps me entertained and informed about how they think WWE should be. Better. Keep up the good work. This is definitely not a minus five stars podcast, and Pritchard, ooh, the bleep nation is coming for you. Yeah, we're coming for you, Pritchard. Woo! And also, I Cheers, think Joe Numb. You didn't really do the uh, the minus five stars any justice there, because that's a Brian Alvarez uh, thing from mm. Botchamania. His infamous review of Jenna Charmel, um, Jenna and Charmel from TNA. Uh, oh God, I can't remember which pay per view it was. Now it might be the Victory Road. Mm. Wasn't uh, was that the only minus five stars? No, um, obviously it was Warrior, Warrior Hogan. and Hogan. Yeah, yeah, but that was like his. Inf- what he bellows out minus five stars oh, right. uh, was on that. Although on an episode of um, their Retro Nitro and Raw uh, episodes. He said that there was a uh, match on Nitro between David Flair and Eric Bischoff that he said was <laughs> so much worse than uh, Jenna Maraska and Charmel. Wow. Uh, and this is a tricky username to say. Blank Jen D and D did and It's a lot of nonsense after blank. A podcast that makes wrestling great again. I finally found a podcast on wrestling that can help me stay awake on the way to school. These two know how to. Uh, these two know how to make sure things never get old and actually make WWE sound interesting. They are consistent too. Yes, consistency. What more can we ask for? Thanks, Blank. Cool. Well, we, uh, we're g- I'm going to poll my girlfriend tonight. I'm going to poll. Polled yours yet. I'm polling my girlfriend mm-hmm. tonight as well. Uh, for for that, my I told my wife last night. She was very excited. Yep. So is mine. I th- well, my girlfriend. I think this should be a big four thing. <laughs> yeah. So for all the big four pay per views, yeah. le- Well, if it takes on, I think because some people don't like. The, the idea that we have girlfriends. <laughs> well, I'm sure just, that's it, we right? We just talk about them all the time. God, it's, I would say 90% of our episodes are just mm. us talking about our girlfriends and wives. What, you mean you you, spare, you spend like half your life with someone <laughs> and you just, like most of your anecdotes include them? This is outrageous! <laughs> I suddenly realised this the other day. There are two people that I spend all my time with. And that is you and my wife. Yes. Like that, that is that's my life. Chosen wife. That is all seven days a week. Mm. I spend 
five, like half of my five days with you, and the other half, I should spend less than half with my wife. And well, am, I, am I winning? I don't know. And hours per day, I think I probably spend more time with you than I do with my wife. Yes. Uh, and I hope you're just playing my videos on repeat when you're not with me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah totally. Yeah. there all the time. I watch the news episodes that I don't get to see because mm. you post them after I go. Uh, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to poll our, our better halves. And we talk about them. Uh, Royal Rumble predictions for you on Friday, a day earlier than usual, so we can... You know, capitalize what on a interest. week of podcasts that yeah. you listeners have had! This will be the, the that'll be the fourth episode this week in four four episodes in five days. And if we buck our ideas up, you might even get one on Sunday. Might they? Oh yes, yes, though, For right? That NXT review. <sighs> right, we don't yeah, know right. if we're going to do that. Yeah, well, that that's up in the air. We'll see. Uh, so yes, we will see you on Friday for some Royal Rumble predictions and the results of our polling. Love you. Bye. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support WrestleTalk, because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. Uh, thank you.